So I, I like lease options because I think they're more fair. I think they're more fair to the sellers. And it's a great way to create win-win deals. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBlueSpruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam AAA Adams. And today I'm joined with none other. He's the man that you go to when you want to learn how to wholesale lease options. And at the end of the interview, we're going to get you a free book. So if you want to know how to wholesale lease options, if you want to uh, be able to make money this way, it's a really creative strategy. So the Creative Real Estate Podcast is perfect to have Joe McCall. Actually, Joe, you know what's interesting? I've been wanting to have you on the show for more than two years. I've wow. been working on it, striving for it. Uh, I, I knew that the value that you drop is perfect for the Creative Real Estate Podcast. So I'm just excited that it's coming to fruition today. How are you today? Awesome, Adam. Thank oh. you for that. I appreciate it. All right. So do this for us. Will you tell us a bit of your history that makes sense to why we're talking about wholesaling lease options today so that the audience sees exactly why it's relevant and how it's going to help them? Why are we talking about lease options today? Uh, well, because I think lease options are one of, if not the easiest ways to do deals with residential real estate today um, because you've got <clears throat> uh, tons and tons of investors going after the small pool of sellers that have equity and motivation, right? To do a regular wholesaling deal, you've got to have a seller with a lot of motivation and a lot of equity. And there's a ton, and that, and that pool of sellers is actually pretty small, but there's a ton of investors going after them, right? And I looked at this back in 2007 and eight when I started doing it. It's like thinking, man, I'm throwing, I'm spending all this money on marketing. I'm throwing away all of these leads that don't have any equity or maybe aren't super motivated yet. And I also didn't like trying to beat them down to 60 cents on the dollar all the time. But there's a huge group of sellers that have a lot of motivation and only a little bit of equity and everybody's ignoring them. And so when I started instead of throwing those leads away, offering lease options with them. Uh, I started doing a lot more deals. I started do, making more money because I was doing more deals. And I found it was easier to negotiate these deals than it was to try to get them down to 60, 70 cents on the dollar, practically giving their house away. I could give them any price they wanted as long as they were willing to wait for it, structuring it as a lease option. So when I, when I started doing this in 2008, I went full-time doing it in 2009, um, it just, it just became, I thought it was way so much easier, right? It was so much easier. Also too, when the market is starting to slow down and we're seeing that now, we're seeing the market starting to slow down and not across the country, but in most markets, especially the more expensive ones, um, sellers are getting more motivated and they're getting more open to selling their property creatively. And, uh, so, you know, I, 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 I think lease options are, frankly, easier to do than traditional wholesaling. But we're, you know, we're doing both. We're still doing wholesaling deals, lease options. We're even flipping vacant land. Um, so I, I love the game of real estate. I love the game of real estate. Wholesaling lease options is just one strategy that you can have as a tool in your tool belt. You know, if you got a seller, um, I, I always say, listen, we're not marketing for lease options. We're marketing for motivated sellers, right? Whether they have equity or not. And, and most investors are going, they have to have equity. So this is a tool belt. And uh, you, a tool in the tool belt. So now when you make a cash offer, they say no. Well, instead of throwing that lead away, why not offer them a lease option instead? Make sense? 
It does make sense. So two things. Number one, if you're on the Facebook Live right now, um, you can ask any question. There's a whole bunch of people watching. So just hop on there and ask anything you want about wholesaling lease options and we'll get to yeah. it. So throw your comments now. Um, so what I was going to, the second thing that I w- was wanting to mention is you're absolutely right. And I feel like there's people out there that say that they're doing creative real estate, but they're only doing lease option or they're only doing wholesale or they're only doing um, seller finance. To me, that's not creative. You don't get creative until you become the handyman, the jack of all trades, the person who has all of the tools and you're not always going out there with a fix and flip hammer. It's like hammer, hammer, hammer. Oh, it didn't, the hammer doesn't work in this situation and now you're screwed. When we get to creative real estate, it's learning how do you think outside the box? How do you figure out a way? Does this take a screwdriver? Does it take a hammer? Does it take a wrench? you want to be able to have the most amount of tools available to you in your tool belt if you want to be able to get deals done in any market. Would you agree? 100%. You know, I, I say you got to be a transaction engineer. And uh, this is from when, when the guys that I was learning from back in the early 2000s, um, they talked about this. You can't, you, you got to come into these deals. You make your money at the beginning when you buy the property, not when you sell it. And uh, if you only have one offer to give to sellers, you're going to have, you're going to struggle doing deals. You'll still do deals, right? You'll still do deals. But what if, how much more money could you make if you now instead offer more creative things, more like, okay, you know, if this doesn't work for you, maybe we can do this. Or sometimes if the seller's really cold, I'll give them three options. I'll give them a cash option, a sandwich lease option offer, maybe a lease option assignment, or maybe even an owner financing offer. So I like to give multiple different offers and uh, let the seller let the seller choose, right? I'm not out there to try to um, um, rake them over the coals. Uh, I, I want to offer what's what's helpful, what's going to help them the most. And a lot of times, I even tell sellers, you know, maybe you should just list it with a realtor, right? Why are we even talking today? Do you really need to sell your house quickly? You know, if you want the most money for it, you should probably just list it with a realtor. And I always felt so much better when I tell a seller that because now I'm giving them all their options. And here's the bottom line: when you try to help. A seller, when you try to give more value than you're taking, you always, always, always win, right? The seller wins, you win, your buyers win, your investors win. So I, I like lease options because I think they're more fair. I think they're more fair to the sellers, and it's a great way to create win-win deals. So there's a lot of sellers that want to sell right now but can't, and they don't want to be long-distance landlords. You know, life happens. They lose a job. They get a divorce. They, they, um, they maybe got this inherited this property and they don't want to manage tenants anymore. Now, when you can offer them a solution that can still get them a really fair price and you'll take care of maintenance and repairs and vacancies, like that's a no brainer. Everybody wins and you can still make great, great money doing uh, a, a lease option deal. We've got a couple questions already cool. coming in, in the Facebook. So we'll start with Monica's question. She would like to give, have you given a, an example of, how do you even structure a deal when there's so little equity as yeah, a lease so option? If there is little to no equity, I'll probably do a lease option assignment. So when I'm staying in the middle doing a sandwich lease option, I got to have at least 10 to 15% equity. I need to have at least 25% of the rent for cash flow. So I want to get at least 300 a month in cash flow if I'm going to stay in the middle of the house, right? But if it has little to no equity, I'll do what's called a lease option assignment or a wholesaling lease option where uh, I will give the seller the price that they want and the rent that they want for two years. 
on the lease option for two years. Then I, I give the seller a contract. I call it the A to B and the B to C. I give the seller a contract A to B where I'm the tenant buyer. Okay. And then I turn around and I mark the price up like I'm doing a sandwich lease option. I mark the price up a little bit and I advertise it for a tenant buyer. I find somebody that has a good realistic chance of getting a mortgage in one or two years. So I work closely with a mortgage broker, credit repair company and all that. And then I assign or sell my A to B contract to that tenant buyer. Okay. So then it becomes a contract between A to C. All right. I assign my contract to that tenant buyer and I'm out of the deal. And I keep, I keep the assignment fee anywhere from, you know, five to $7,000, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but right around $5,000 would be a, a, a nice average assignment fee for just assigning that lease option to the tenant. Awesome. Buyer. If, it's, if it's a sandwich lease option, I'm not sure this is answering your question, but I'll, someone else might have it. I have a contract A to B with the seller where I'm getting, I got at least 15% equity, you know, at least 300 a month cash flow, maybe five years. And then I stay in the middle and I do a new contract B to C with a tenant buyer that's going to move in the house. So I'm going to buy it from, let's say it's a $100,000 house, real round numbers. I'm going to buy it from the seller for $85,000 and I'm going to sell it to the tenant buyer for $105,000. It's worth a hundred today. I'm going to sell it to them for $105,000 in two years. I'm going to pay the seller $700 a month in rent and I'm going to collect $1,000 a month in rent from the tenant buyer. I'm going to stay in the middle. So there's three profit centers for a sandwich lease option, cash now, cash flow, and cash later. So in cash now, I'm going to get $5,000 down from the tenant buyer. I'm going to get $300 a month in cash flow. And at the end, the spread of 85 to 105 is $20,000. You know, that's my back end profit later. So the total average profit on a typical deal like that is going to be, you know, $28,000, $30,000 about. No, no, is that right? Yeah, on a, on a $100,000 house, it might be twenty five grand or something like that. But I'm not using any of my own money, not using any of my own credit. And um, it's just a real simple way to go creative, do creative deals. And it's another big reason why I like it. I'm not trying to take over the deed, right? I'm not taking title to the property. Uh, I'm not borrowing any private money. So I don't have to, I don't have to, I found it really hard. I used to do a lot of subject twos, you know, where I'd buy the house subject to the existing mortgage. And I got really frustrated with trying to explain to the seller, no, you, I'm going to take over the title, the deed, and the mortgage is going to stay in your name. <laughs> Any seller, if they ask an attorney, should I do that? <laughs> the attorney is going to say, no, don't do that. That's like crazy. Why would you deed the property over? I would never tell somebody to do that. Deed the property over to somebody else while the mortgage stays in my name. So a lease option, I feel, protects the seller more, protects me more. It raises fewer red flags to the, uh, to the um, due on sale mortgage police, you know? Um, so anyway, I just, I like lease options because I feel like my risk is a lot less. I don't actually own the property. So it's easier to get out of the deal later if I have to. Um, that's how I hope that answers the question. I uh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. Thanks for answering Monica's question. We also have Joel and Ben that have some questions queued up. So Joel is asking, is there a way to pay full price and still Turn a profit. Yeah, good, good question. So let's say that hundred thousand dollar house. Let's say she, owe, the seller, owes a hundred thousand dollars. All right. So they they just bought it uh, a, a year ago with a VA loan or a FHA loan where they didn't have to put hardly any money down, if any, and the market has pretty much stayed flat. If they were to sell it with the realtor, they would have to come to closing with money to pay the commissions. You know. So let's say they, you know, they it's a hundred thousand dollar house. They owe ninety eight thousand dollars. Let's say right. So I will offer them a lease option 
for what they owe, $98,000, okay? I'll give them, a, and let's say the mortgage proper, the, the rents in the area are $1,000 a month and their mortgage payment is 900 a month, all right? That's P-I-T-I, whatever. So there's no equity, there's no cash flow in that. So I'm not gonna wanna stay in the middle. I'm gonna do a lease option assignment or a wholesaling lease option deal. So I'm gonna give the seller an A to B contract for let's just say they owe 98, I'm going to give them a, let's keep it simple. I'm going to give them a lease option contract for $100,000 and $1,000 in rent, okay? Then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to advertise that property for $105,000 and $1,000 in rent. I'm going to give the seller two years and I'm going to give the tenant buyer two years. So I'm going to find a tenant buyer that wants to lease to live in that house, lease option it, and they're going to pay me a $5,000 assignment fee. So I'm going to then assign my contract between me and the seller. I'm going to assign that contract to the tenant buyer. Then I'm going to be out of the deal. I'm not going to be in the deal anymore. And now it's an agreement between the, the seller and the buyer. Um, let me bring up a question that's coming up, I know, in some people's minds. Like, we have to have a real estate license to do this. Um, isn't that brokering or whatnot? You could argue... Um, that it is not brokering, and I don't believe it is because I'm just assigning my contract. But the issue and the question still comes up all the time. So what I teach and recommend is one of two things. Go ahead and get your license, which I do. It's not a big deal. I have my license. But number two, if you don't want to get your license, that's fine. You can still do these. Just hire a realtor to market the homes for you, right? You don't. That's the last thing you want to do anyway is you don't want to be taking calls and advertising properties for rent, you know, or, or for this option taking the calls, showing the houses, handling the applications. So you need to outsource that anyway. Why not outsource it to a realtor, a leasing agent or something like that? And that solves all of your uh, licensing problems. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, it looks like Chris um, is excited because he said that he was able to get his first wholesale deal. So congrats, Chris. That's awesome. Ben has a question. Now, he, his friend... Um, just got kind of caught because he's he's got a commercial property that he was lease optioning and he did some renovations while he controlled it and now the the actual seller is trying to renege on the agreement saying that somehow he broke the contract so ben just wants to know have you ever experienced that have you ever had an owner try to renege and and take that back from you no, but uh, there's a few things that I do to protect myself from that. And um, number one, you have to record a memorandum of option in the county records, right? Some kind of document that says uh, I, you cloud the title. You say, I have some kind of equitable interest in this property. And um, so it could be, uh, we call it a memorandum of option here in Missouri. Some states may call it something else. Number one, you got to cloud the title with your option, a memorandum of option. Number two, um, you can do what's called a, um, and you need an attorney to help you with this, a limited power of attorney. And so, I, you know, in my course, I give people a limited, an example of one. You can give that to an attorney to review it and prepare one for you. But that limited power of attorney that the seller signs when you're buddy-buddy, you know, and they, and they want to get rid of that property, you know, that can literally force them to sell the property uh, to you in a year or two later down the road, five years later, when they forgot the problems that they were in before and now they regret their decision. But number, the third thing I'll say to that is, you know, it's still, even if you had filed the memorandum, you, you got the limited power of attorney, nothing can stop that seller if they really don't want to do it. 
They could say, no, I'm not going to sign the paperwork over my dead body and you have to sue me and all that. Well, here's the thing. You've got a contract, right? You've got a solid contract. You've got the, the cloud has been, t- the title has been clouded. Um, you, you've got a little power of attorney. You know, you could take it to court and you are going to win. So then you got to look at the problem of, well, is it worth, excuse me, is it worth the expense of going through the lawsuit and all of that? Um, I, I did have one student one time who had a memorandum of recorded against the property. Um, and they called it an affidavit of interest is what they called it here, right? And so uh, the affidavit, the, the seller said, no, I'm not going to sell it. Forget it. Uh, you know, you, you tricked me or whatever. I'm not going to sign it. So the, the, the investor thought, okay, it's just not worth the hassle. And they just moved on. But they kept that cloud on the title. So then a couple, three years later, the seller finally is trying to sell it. They've got a buyer. The title company and calls and says, hey, you have this option recorded. We need you to remove it. The investor said, sorry, it's not going to happen. Well, you have to. I said, no, I don't. Um, well, what, what are you going to do? It's not my problem. I, you know, he explained the situation. And so the only way then he agreed to remove the title is if the seller agreed to pay him, or I think it was the buyer. The buyer really, I don't remember, but like he, he agreed to get paid his twenty dollars or $30,000 that he would have made in profit on that deal. So they said, fine, we got to get this done. Um, you know, he sent an invoice. The title company paid him on that invoice to remove the option and to take the cloud off the title. Um, so, you know, he eventually got paid, right? But it might have been a couple of years. So that, that's why it's so important to cloud the title like that. I don't know if, if your friend here did that or not. Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their 9 to 5, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. Okay, so a lease option, let's let's go backwards uh, right now and just, so what is, what is a lease option? I've heard that there's a lease and there's an option and you, you kind of have both of them at the same time. Um, talk, talk a little bit about just what is it? It's usually it's two separate documents, a lease and an option, a purchase agreement. 
Now I've done it before where it's one contract with the seller. It's a lease and option together in one document, about two or three pages long, super simple. And then when I usually, when I put a tenant buyer in there, I do a separate lease and a separate option, right? Because if they break the lease, I want to just do a normal, regular eviction. Um, and I don't want the option to kind of confuse things. Um, but sometimes I've also, uh, like if there was a realtor involved and, you know, a realtor brought me a deal or I was using a leasing agent to help me lease. Sometimes I'll just use the regular realtor's contracts. I'll use the regular realtor's lease and I'll use the regular purchase and sale agreement, right? And so I'll have the lease for two years and I'll have the purchase and sale agreement with the, uh, uh, with the closing date two years in the future, Right. And I'll add maybe in the special agreements or I'll attach an extra page, just kind of clarifying some things specific to lease options in, in regards to maintenance and repairs. You know, the option money that you put down up front is non-refundable and et cetera, et cetera. And even though I'm using the realtor's contracts, I will, when, when in, the, in the contracts where it asks, um, you know, the broker's information and stuff, I'll cross that out and write in big capital letters, non-brokered transactions. So, even though I'm an agent, I disclose that I'm an agent, but it's a non-brokered transaction. I'm buying it by owner. I'm selling it by owner. I'm leasing it by owner. So, you know, you can, you can use realtor's contracts. Just you have to, you have to uh, um, disclose, disclose, disclose that you're an agent. It's not a broker transaction. You're representing yourself, all that good stuff, right? So there's different ways to do the paperwork. What I'd recommend is, you know, we always get an attorney to review your stuff. I just had a student in Atlanta the other day, did his first lease option deal. And uh, he just went through Google and did a search for real estate attorney Atlanta, right? And started calling every attorney that he found until he found an attorney that said, yeah, I'll help you with your lease option deals. No big deal. He sent her, it was a female attorney. He sent her um, the, my contracts, my lease option contracts. And she said, yeah, those are great. She added a few things and then offered to help him do the deal. And he pays her, I think, it was $500 the first one. And then after that, it's only like $300 or something like that to handle all the paperwork. Now here's the cool thing. The attorney now he can tell, it gives him more legitimacy and authority um, because now you can tell the seller, Hey, I'm going to have my attorney send you the paperwork or I'll send the paperwork to my attorney. He tells the tenant buyer, Hey, don't send your check to me, send it to my attorney. So it, it, it helps him do more deals because he's not some fly by night kitchen table closing type of guy. He's like, all right, you know, this is, I got an attorney helping me with this. And, yeah. um, so that's, it's just, yeah. Does that make sense? Did I answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So perfect. Kenneth has a question. So Kenneth actually, he's, he's buying a house right now for 85, but he's already got it sold for a hundred K, uh, 30 down. He's financing 11% interest. Uh, so my first question to Kenneth, by the way, is this owner occupied or not? Cause 11% interest is a lot if it's owner occupied, but, uh, outside of that, Kenneth wants to know, Joe McCall, how do I actually structure this deal on paper? Well, it sounds like you already have. Okay. And, uh, so I, how, if, if I would have bought the house for eighty five, um, and it was worth $100,000, um, I'd probably do a lease option on it. And just kind of like I said before, um, I don't know if there's underlying financing already involved in this, right? So is there a mortgage in place on this house or not? Um, I don't know, you know, some people like in Texas, you know, you can't do sandwich lease options in Texas. So they get real creative, like doing a land contract or contract for deed, um, instead of subject to. So that's another thing you could think about. Um, you just got, here's the thing, no matter how you do the deals, you need to find a title company or an attorney that can help you with the paperwork and stuff. Right. 
And you may, you may have to ask 20 different attorneys, right? You may have to go to 50 different title companies until you got to be persistent with it until you find somebody that can help you do it. This is, these are not traditional real estate type of deals. So you got to just be creative and not take no for an answer and keep on calling and calling and calling until you find a title company or an attorney that can help you do it. So for that typical deal there, um, the way I would have structured it was I would have a sandwich lease option. I'd give the seller a contract for $85,000 and 700 a month. And I would turn around and advertise it for um, $105,000 and $1,000 a month. That's, um, I think that's what I would do. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Let me see. Okay. So he's narrowing the money. Borrowing. He's borrowing the money. Um, he corrected himself after I had to read it live on the air. Um, so he's, he's borrowing the money, he says. Um, I don't know if, if that's benefiting, uh, giving you more enough info on uh, if there's already financing in place or um, if he's using a lease option there or if he is selling it to an owner-occupied or a... Um, so if just he bought, an investor. Maybe he bought he bought the deal. So like, um, he 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 borrowed money from a bank or a private lender to buy the deal. And he's you know here's the thing, um, if you're if you're all about long term buy and hold, like if your goal is to sell that thing and hold it, like to hold it for thirty years, you don't want to do a lease option, right? Lease options are more kind of mid strategies, mid term strategies. Like a wholesaling flip is just quick in and out, right? A, a sandwich lease option is longer, maybe. Um, maybe a uh, longer five, 10, 15 years or so. Um, so I guess the sandwich lease option, am I, am I making any sense here? Wholesaling is quick. Sandwich lease options is like two or three years. And then like an owner financing might be 10, 15 years. Okay, that's what I was trying to say. But um, it just kind of depends on your exit strategy. If you want to stay in that deal long term, um, I recommend owner financing instead so that you can get somebody in there that I wouldn't do a balloon in like five years. I would do it amortized over 30 years, uh, no balloon and let them pay you that, pay that thing off for as long as, as you can. All right. So Kenneth has another question. Um, he's asking, is it an option if she's putting down 30 K? doesn't sound like an option to me. Like he was saying contract for deed or something, a land so, contract. So it's, it's, it's a uh, owner financing. So, so they, so it sounds like, yeah, you're the bank. It's not a lease with an option. You're just the bank. It's a contract for deed. And that 30 K likely if we're looking at the way that you're structuring it, Kenneth is that it's just a down payment, not an option to buy. So, all right. Show them the book, Joe. Oh, Nice. Glad you asked. Look, I got a book. It's called Wholesaling Lease Options. And here's the crazy thing. Um, it's, it's a good solid book. It's not like filled with fluff. I, I like to say it's all killer, no filler. And um, it's a book I wrote. I was a little frustrated at first because I spent six months, eight months writing this thing. And I got it from the printer and it's only like a quarter of an inch thick. <laughs> so oh, no. But uh, the feedback I've been getting on this is really, really good. It's I go through A to Z how I flip lease options. And um, this is the exact strategy I used to quit my job back in 2009, flipping wholesaling lease or doing wholesaling lease options. So I wrote a book talking about how to do it. 
And, uh, you know, finding the sellers, making the offers, finding the tenant buyers, putting it all together, how to make a full-time income, wholesaling lease options, and I teach how to do it. Um, I'm giving this book away for free. Just pay a little bit of shipping and handling. If you go to wlobook.com, you can pick it up, wlobook.com. And uh, I go through, like, you know, example, advertising to find a good tenant buyer, right? Craigslist, Zillow, Facebook Marketplace, Signs. Ben doesn't want to wait. Ben doesn't want to wait, Joe. He doesn't want to order it for free. He wants you to hold it closer so he can read it right now. <laughs> there we go. There you go, Ben. We, yeah, it's, we it's will help you and make everyone else wait. Well, but by um, the way, uh, when, you do, when you do go to wlobook.com, I think there's an option somewhere where you can get the PDF of the book. So you don't have to wait till it, it gets to you. In, in oh, nice. All right, so go to – I actually put that already in the comments of the Facebook. And if you're listening to this as the podcast, don't even worry. Just scroll down, and it's right there in the show notes, wlobook.com. Click it, and you can get this book for free either um, by, as an ebook or pay shipping and have the uh, book at your house, and you can hold on to it. Um, and you have another book, right? Can I, I – I'm just – I want to see that. It was it was like wholesaling secrets or So here's the thing. I after being disgruntled that this book was so thin, I I wrote another book and made it a lot thicker. <laughs> I said, uh You no, just I'm made not... the font twice as big, Joe? No. no look. <laughs> it's still good. There we it's go. Called, it's called REI Secrets. And uh, you know, I've been doing my podcast for a long time. Um and I do these little things called REI in your car where I'm driving and something cool happens. It just talked to a seller, just saw a house, or just had a coaching call with a student, um, talking to, doing a podcast and interviewing somebody that's, you know, doing a ton of deals. And like something really cool happened and I want to talk about it. I want to share about it. So I'll do these 10 little minute, 10 little 10 minute, 15 minute podcast sharing something that's really working well. And I took those, I've got like 300 of them now on my podcast. I took the, the first 100 of them. And I turned them into little articles called REI Secrets, uh, Daily Nuggets of Real Estate Investing Wisdom to help you get more leads and close more deals. And I talk about things that are working. Uh, some, some of these are motivational. Some of them are practical. Some of them are tactical. And um, I'm just like, you know, this is, these are some things you should do. These are some things you shouldn't do. Um, and, and like I have a chapter here about why you need a mastermind. And uh, I, I talk about in that how I started a mastermind in St. Louis and the cool things that are happening with this thing of active wholesalers. I, I had a chapter here on how to flip quick turn leases, how to turn leases and make some money with that. And um, I, did a, I did a podcast once called Pants on Fire, and I'll, I'll leave you what, uh, what that – you got to get it to read it. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the <laughs> – I did a chapter called Just Make the Frickin' Offer. I was really frustrated with talking to somebody who was asking too many questions. And uh, I just said, listen, just make the offer. And after that call, I did a podcast. And I said, listen, stop overanalyzing things. Just make the offer. So I did these little chapters. They're just two or three pages long. But you can read little one chapter every day and uh, just get a little bit of inspiration and excitement on, uh, you know, okay, this is what I need to do. Uh, this is, and, and you'll get ideas for how to get more leads, close more deals. That's the whole goal of this book. So if you're listening and you've been focusing on, 
I know this works on single and multifamily and uh, commercial and anything else, but Joe's been using it uh, mostly for single family. But if, if, if you're on, you're listening and you get frustrated and you're like, no seller is taking my 70% of valued offer. Why the heck can't, is, is nobody taking the 60%, 70% offer? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm not able to do any deals. I thought that this was going to be the way, the truth, and the life. I thought if I did this wholesaling thing, I, I would crush it. And you're just not getting it locked up at the right dollar amount. Show us that book one more time. Go to WLObook.com. Solve your problems. Figure out how can you actually buy it at a higher price, 90%, 100%, 105%, and still make money. I don't want yeah. you to be stressed out. I don't want you to be uh, out here feeling like you're banging your head against the wall, not going anywhere. So just grab this book, start buying properties at a higher value, at a higher rate, and still profiting. And check out Joe's podcast. Joe, tell them a little bit about your podcast. Cool. Thanks, man. I, I have this podcast I've been doing since 2011 called the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. And um, I love doing it. It's a, it's a passion project of mine. And um, just go to Google, do a search for Real Estate Investing Mastery or Joe McCall Podcast, and you'll find it. Uh, you can find it in iTunes. Um, and it's a good podcast. I've interviewed, I've interviewed you before on the show. And uh, I do a lot of interviews, but I also do a lot of uh, teaching. You know, I'll, I'll teach something that I'm working on, or um, you'll, you'll get to hear some of my REI in your car podcasts. I did one the other day. It was a rant. It's the first time I've done a rant. And, um, you know, the number one rule of real estate, it's not location, location, location. It's make offers, make offers, make offers. And I talked about that on the podcast. So, yeah, just Real Estate Investing Mastery. That's the name of the podcast. It's a good show. Love it. All right, Joe, how do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? Well, the, the, the easiest way is the, is the podcast and the book, uh, WLObook.com, a real estate investing mastery podcast. Um, you can find me on, on Facebook a little bit. Don't send me a Facebook message in Facebook. I don't read those. I'm overwhelmed with those. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the best way. Also, uh, if you want to shoot my support team an email, uh, support at JoeMcCall.com. Support at JoeMcCall.com. Com. I'll throw that in the show notes and in the Facebook as well so that they can reach out to cool. your team. Joe, thanks for hopping on. I really appreciate it. I think we got to all the listeners' questions. Thank yeah. you for all the value that you provided. Um, I'm going to have to bring you back on because you're also a marketing genius and a technology genius. And <laughs> I, think we can, I think we can extract some of that on, on the next couple of episodes if you're open to it. Oh, man, I love talking about marketing. Perfect. So I'll let you go for now, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thanks for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. If you got value out of today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you take the time to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, think outside the box.